It's the herb at the end of the world. It's the herb at the end of the world. It's the time I took some time to heal. It's the time I took some time to heal. It's the time I took some time to heal. And I feel Hey everyone, Sam Wise here. Welcome back to another episode of Herb at the End of the World. And this episode we're talking about yarrow and we're getting to chat with my friend and colleague Dana Aronson, who is a clinical herbalist, who also is a founding member of the Klamath Siskiyou Herbal Alliance. And um, yeah, it's a really awesome episode. It made me remember why I want to do herbalism in the first place. And um, yeah, we tell some stories that you know, true to form with yarrow, which is a great uh, hemostatic or um, help there to stop blood. We talk about some uh, like wounds. And so there is mention of blood um, and nothing too terribly graphic, but we do talk about wounds. We talk about bleeding. And um, we also use words like liniment <laughs> and like other nerdy clinical herbalist, you know, jargon when, you know, we get together and talk. So a liniment is a tincture an al- usually an alcohol-based tincture that you use topically. So we talk about a yarrow liniment as being a really helpful tool for um, cleaning and closing wounds. It's like small cuts um, kind of wounds. So um, yeah, I'm excited for you to listen to the episode and um, yeah, hope you learned something cool. All right. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Herb at the End of the World. I am your host, Samwise Raridan, community herbalist, and I'm excited to have Dana Aronson, who is a friend and colleague here, talking about Yarrow and some of their work with the Klamath Siskiyou Herbal Alliance. So welcome, Dana. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me, and I'm really excited to talk about some Yarrow. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here too. And Yarrow, yeah, we were chatting a little bit yesterday about how it's one of our favorite plants and a really powerful being. Um, And so just to introduce it a little bit for folks who don't know, um, I like to think of it as a cooling, bitter plant. I usually like to use like the flower that kind of reminds me of little puffy clouds and these really sweet little fringy leaves. And um, yeah, it has a really great action as a wound healer, um, helps to stop bleeding and it's a great boundary plant. Um, Yeah, what are some of your favorite things about yarrow? Yeah, I would say really similar things, right? Um, About being bitter. I also really like to use it because I find it to be a pretty strong diaphoretic, which basically means like the promotion of sweating. Um, So, you know, I do use it in a first aid setting mostly, but I really love using it like in an immune system formula or for someone that's um, wanting to rid the body of either like a fever, breaking a fever, or if there is a detoxifying process that's going on using that as like a supplement herb to kind of help um, release, you know, A, B, and C uh, out through the skin. Mm, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that idea of helping to use it as like kind of releasing through the pathways mm-hmm. of, of the skin. Cause that makes sense too, since it's like a, it's a liver plant with the bitter action. 
as yeah. well. So, so yeah, cool. they kind of pair nicely. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm so excited to have you here today. And um, I'm curious to, to chat more with you about some of the work that you do. Um, mm. You have a private practice called Wild Kim Botanicals that we can talk about um, a little bit more later too at the end. And also I'm curious about your work with the Klamath Siskiyou Herbal Alliance, how that kind of got started, what, what your role and your work looks like there and yeah, how Yara shows up for you there. Yeah. Yeah, the um, Klamath Siskiyou Herbal Alliance, which we um, just call KSHA or Kesha because it can be like a mouthful um, as an abbreviation. Uh, we are a group of herbalists um, in Southern Oregon and in Northern California in the Klamath Siskiyou region. And we started out of COVID, you know, COVID arose and um, you know, there was just kind of this discussion amongst us, uh, you know, talking about if we wanted to kind of implement anything around COVID, do we want to, like, how do we want to support our communities around COVID? And, you know, as COVID kind of started, um, you know, kind of broadening and more information coming out and uh, there's, you know, there's been a lot of layers to how we as a society have worked with COVID, um, just showing up in the ways that have been being asked for and how we could support communities both acutely and long term. And so we created a phone line for people to call and we could hand out medicines, herbal medicines and have consultations at sliding scale, basically for whoever uh, wanted to use it. It was pretty open-ended and um, it was more mainly around support for the like long-term immune system or nervous system. So not really people that were actively having COVID, but things that could be more preventative measures for both like emotional and physical support around the pandemic. And so that's kind of how we started. And now, um, you know, there's another shift in COVID, right? Uh, things are starting to open up. People are starting to get vaccinated. And so we're kind of now shifting our focus to um, pop-up wound care. We do a lot of disaster relief. So last year we banded together for uh, fire season and offered support there. And, uh, you know, I think fire season on the West Coast is starting to become the norm. And so we are gearing up towards a potential fire season again, um, you know, this year around. So just making medicines, being prepared, doing pop-ups, offering relief. Um, and yeah, working with unhoused communities who um, lack resources in um, some areas. And so try to kind of show up and support where they're asking. And yeah, so that's kind of what we do and are doing. We're pretty new. We've only been going at this for a year. And so, um, you know, we send out medicines to, to organizations and other herbalists that are also kind of in this group mentality of, of offering herbal care. And so through our donations and resource base, we try and um, also share that, right? So just uh, when people are asking for things, if we have it, we'll send it off. And so, yeah, that's kind of what we do with KSHA. And um, yeah, we look forward to just kind of expanding, you know, slowly but surely. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing about some of the 
yeah, how you came to be in the trajectory and how you're like moving and shifting to, to meet community need. And um, yeah, I'm really inspired by like how many different groups of herbalists have have banded together and like experimented with how can we meet community need, especially in these times of COVID and like just really seeing that a lot of the like official infrastructure isn't necessarily going to hold us, but um, yeah. we can do a lot to support our, our communities with, with what we got when we work together. And yeah. And some of the, like the challenges to that and some of the realities to that and how that can like shift and change over time. I yeah. Yeah. I think, I think more and more people are starting to realize um, that the larger structures that are put into play maybe can be helpful for some people or some groups of people, but um, are hard to access for a lot of, a lot of communities. And so just kind of realizing we, we do need to lean on each other a little bit um, and offer support where we can and show up where we can, right? Everyone has different skill sets and different abilities and different um, ways of navigating. And so we, you know, I think we can band together with our, with our skill set and try to support people who are asking for support. And that can look a lot of different ways, right? But um, mutual aid and community support has been, yeah, something that I find really fascinating and have an interest in kind of digging into deeper to see like how we can, how we can create change without having to lean on the larger systems at play. Totally. Like what can we create now so that we can create these like alternatives that folks can turn to if they, if they want that and desire that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious when you're doing the, the call-in clinic, cause that's something that, that Bayheart was doing like a similar structure. And in yeah. fact, they're, they're still doing um, the, like the, like the hotline where folks can call in for support around like COVID or COVID adjacent things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I found one of the biggest barriers um, to folks getting access to the hotline was just knowing that herbal medicine is like a giant source of support that's available for folks. I mean, the people who called like knew kind of what what we did and what herbs did in terms of like healing. Some people were more like more aware of that than others. Yeah. But I just really found myself being like, oh, like I'm kind of running into this like education problem <laughs> where yeah. like I really want people to know that there is a ton of support for like big viruses like COVID or like, you know, working with some of those symptoms. And even um, I think, I don't know if we were talking about or I was talking about somebody else, but that Yarrow in particular could really help for like the symptoms of the second um dose of the vaccine that a lot of folks are getting like helping to bring down the fever without messing with any of the like immune response because we want our you know, bodies to respond yeah. in an immune way to the to the vaccine but um managing some of that can be yeah. can be really helpful um when working with plants so i'm curious if you found that as well or, or what your experience working yeah. online was like yeah um I have experienced similar things, right? I think as herbal people, sometimes, at least for me, I can just kind of assume sometimes that people know and understand herbs and herbal medicine, but that's not the case, right? That's not everyone's reality. And so that's why we were wanting to do more face-to-face -face interaction and education around herbs and just talking to people. And that's where the pop-ups really came into play. And that kind of 
overlapped with the disaster relief around the wildfires. And uh, we had a really big fire here last year where it displaced a lot of people, um, including the unhoused. And so we realized like having a flyer, like having flyers out that people could take to keep with them was really helpful. So they have that number in the back pocket and also talking to them about why someone might want to call in this hotline and what herbs can do and how they can support and kind of what avenues they can support. And so when we have those face-to-face -face interactions, it feels like um, it can kind of like solidify that information to people where otherwise it would be, it would be difficult to kind of understand unless they're actively seeking it out. So um, I've always appreciated the face-to-face uh, -face interaction where people can ask questions and um, we can just have a dialogue around it. And yeah, I think that has been like the most beneficial. And I saw that even Bayhart was doing some educational stuff with maybe like, um, like some, yeah, some like writings on herbs, right? Or like some little zines or something like that where people can download or kind of, you know, learn through that portal, right? Yeah, totally. But I think you make a good point if like someone's not actively kind of seeking that out for themselves already, they may not, you know, have that kind of inroads or be aware that that mm -hmm. is this resource that's available to them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that the document that Gene Badger and, um, and a bunch of other amazing folks created the um, Get Radical Boil Roots is like a crazy valuable, <laughs> like amazing yeah. resource that I want everyone to have. And yeah, I think it does kind of take an awareness of like, oh, here's this, like, there is support for me. I don't just have to like suffer or like have my limited, you know, yeah. like what, what kind of the dominant culture tells us is available. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what your experiences with the fire and like doing pop-ups mm -hmm. around that was like, if you like worked with other folks, cause I have been totally in awe and like very grateful and also like really inspired by the way that folks in like the North Bay and like mm -hmm. and further you know into Oregon have been responding to the fires by like yeah. building new community connections and like being on the ground in ways that sometimes like larger structures like the Red Cross or whatever like has trouble doing because of yeah. like these these layers of bureaucracy um yeah. even though it's really interesting to hear about when they're kind of working together or like at least like <laughs> the red cross is like letting people do their jam you know because there yeah there is a lot that that herbs and steams and all the other things that um that we can do that can help with like you know mitigating the effects from fire but yeah, yeah. i'm curious what what your experience has been with that yeah you know um when i was living in oakland when the the paradise campfires happened. Uh, my partner's mom lives in Chico and uh, he was actually driving past Chico when the fires broke out, right? So he's like seeing the clouds and everything. And so he called me and was like, hey, do you wanna come up and like support? Uh, and so that was actually kind of the fir my first handed experience with fire relief. Um, and so I was able to gather some donations, both like physical herbs and money donations that we could, uh, buy things with. And I just drove up there, uh, with a table and some herbs. And we found that, um, you know, different, 
at that point in time, churches were taking people in, the Elks Lodge was taking people in. Uh, there was a huge uh, kind of renegade set up in the Walmart parking lot of Chico. And so, you know, there's all these little different areas of like welcoming people to just kind of like touch down, right? After this like disaster is going, currently going in that in that moment. And, uh, and I realized like a lot of people were really accepting. I just kind of showed up at an Elks Lodge where there, it was a big, um, it was a big donation site. So people were offering all these donations, clothes, bedding, pet food, um, socks, underwear, maxi pads, like all the things, right? And so I just kind of went up to whoever was organizing it and was like, hey, we're serving herbal tea, um, some tinctures. We also have some donations like gift cards and quarters and laundry detergent, you know, things like that. And they were really accepting and really was like, yes, please come back. And so we popped around there for a week and um, some herbalists in Nevada City were like, hey, we want to jump on board. And that was kind of cool to where I was kind of gathering information and it was my time to, to come back home and they were able to kind of swing in and offer l more long-term care. Uh, and so we kind of, you know, back and forth and eventually the Red Cross came in and they, um, in my experience, they were difficult to work with uh, just as um, someone that's kind of like renegade pop-up style. They did not want anything on their premises uh, in regards to what I was offering and what kind of our, our herbal crew at that point was trying to offer. And so, you know, if they don't want help, that's great. We'll go somewhere else. And so we just kind of decided to, to go to the Walmart parking lot and um, eventually Red Cross did take over pretty fully. And so then we backed, backed away and um, a lot of the local herbalists in Chico um, started holding their community. And so I, I kind of backed up. And so when the fires happened here in Southern Oregon last year, we kind of did the same thing. Uh, we just grabbed some, you know, grabbed some herbs, grabbed some donations, made some teas, especially for the lungs, right? And for our detoxing pathways and organs of elimination. And um, there was a renegade kind of pop-up for the unhoused in a park. And so we were just offering care and Judy's Diner, which is another um, kind of renegade support system for the unhoused that offers hot food, um, tents, sleeping bags. We kind of, they started that's how they started was in this park. And so we kind of created relations with them. And so they were doing like the soup kitchen food aspect and we were doing the herb thing. And so uh, we were just going to places basically where there were large groups of people that weren't overseen by a larger organization. And that's how we kind of got around with offering support face-to-face, -face, right? Um, so that was kind of our, our way of navigating. We were setting up at donation shelters um, mainly. And then, yeah, parks where people were congregating or parking lots where people were congregating. And um, yeah, just offering what we could get our hands on. That was like a pretty fast thing that occurred. So we were kind of scrambling, right? Trying to get as much as possible out and acquire donations in that regard. And so this year, um, 
since we've been doing this uh, for the last year, we, we can now um, look back, see what worked, see what didn't work, and then have the time to like process and make medicines and have everything kind of ready. Um, so we don't feel like we're, we're uh, trying to gather everything in a really short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm really appreciating like the renegade spirit of that mm. <laughs> like I'm just like really appreciating the like the the DIY like okay like this is what makes sense this is what people need yeah. this is how this is where people are congregating this is what we can offer and like these are the lessons that we're learning and gonna apply for for the next round of things right um, yeah really some yeah the mm. empowerment of that definitely and you know I uh, you know it seems like sometimes you're batting in, in, in the dark. Like, I don't know what people are going to need, but we as herbalists can kind of, you know, we know what is happening when wildfires break out. We understand the body, the, you know, body systems and areas that are impacted both acutely and then long-term when smoke is in the air, when smoke is not in the air. And then when we kind of gather just that information from our backgrounds, when we're doing face-to-face, -face, we can talk to people and people can, ask for things. So then that is helpful for us to ask for specific donations in that regard. Right. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of like topical pain relief and we got a slew of people asking for topical pain relief. So it was like, great. Like we, we didn't think about that. Um, so thank you for letting us know. And we, we will like shift our lens a little bit to try and gather these things that you're asking for. And so, you know, I've, you know, everyone works differently, but I, it seems to just kind of like do it and work, you know, just do the thing. And then we can build from there and just build through experience. And so just kind of that initial push to kind of, to just set up and offer what you can, even if it's tea, you know, even if it's one herb that's in a hot press pot with some cups, like just starting simply and uh, working from that. And then Kind of tacking on to other organizations or um or you know just kind of offering support and then people reaching out asking for support and it just kind of creates like this loop of of collaboration totally yeah yeah i love the the building quality of that and like yeah how there's so much room to to learn and to create community yeah. and to create alliance with that yeah. And I really like how the building blocks of that are like showing up, starting simply, and then like listening for what people are asking for through these like face-to-face, -face, like human interactions. Definitely. Um, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there that you kind of can't get in, in other, other ways of interacting. Um, right. And just, right. yeah, those pop-up clinics are I love the energy of the pop-up clinics. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's where, yeah, you and I met was at the, yeah. the, um, Oregon Eclipse uh, Festival where we did a pop-up clinic with MASH. Yeah. Um, and I just, I kind of wish like we could just have a pop-up clinic all the time, <laughs> but it's also right? kind of dependent on this, like this energy of gathering too, that I think is, yeah. you know, kind of happens in these pockets here and there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Curious, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say like, I, um, oh, yeah, it's just that, that energy is like, so powerful and there's a lot of learning and a lot of connection that's possible um 
And I know you've done some other pop-up clinics like with wound care in Oakland at the curbside community. Is that, was it called curbside community clinic when you were there? Or was that, you know, <laughs> um, it's the same exact thing. We just didn't have a name when we started. Um, mm. and when I left, like we were just doing it, we team, we basically were asked by punks of lunch, which is, which is a nonprofit, um, registered needle exchange program in Oakland. And, um, they were setting up and there was like a mutual connection there where they were like, Hey, like if you are interested in offering wound care, we have some askings for that. And so Lisa SF and I just renegated it again. Right. We just kind of like figure out what we need. And, you know, it took a couple of weeks for people to like, a come up to us and B be comfortable with us. Right. So it wasn't even like an instantaneous reaction. It was just kind of like showing up. And eventually when you show up enough, people will come. And so we just did it together. Um, and yeah, didn't have a name was kind of using the mash name. Um, but then I moved away, moved out of state. And so uh, Stasha took over as well as Taylor for a little while. And then eventually it grew and they've been popping up um, a lot of different places in Oakland now uh, because they have kind of that power, like the, the people power to do so, right? You can only really do so much with two people. Um, but yeah, right now, now it's called the curbside community or curbside, it has C3. Yeah. curbside care clinic curbside care clinic yes, yes. <laughs> three c's three c's yeah and so they um pop up with punks with lunch um in west oakland on peralta near the home depot and they do a pop-up on uh wood street where the Cobb encampment is or wood street encampment is um and then one other place but yeah it's really cool to just see it flourish and see them doing really awesome work and creating pro more protocols and shifting protocols. Cause you know, as time goes on, you learn things and yeah, uh, that was, you know, doing these pop-up clinics and, um, you know, kind of collaborating with mash and, uh, this wound care clinic, it, it Yarrow definitely, uh, comes into play with that, you know, and, uh, Yarrow, I feel like in these situations are always, it, it's always there right? I always have it. Someone else always have it. We always have it in some sort of preparation because it's, yeah, such a crucial herb to have for a lot of different reasons. And that's really how I've used it mostly, um, is in a first aid setting. And it's really cool because in such an acute space where you only have so much time and might not see someone again, uh, Yarrow can, can, make a very quick difference. So it's cool to kind of see that. Yeah, totally. Um, what are some of your favorite ways to use Yara and, and how have you seen it being applied? Yeah, I, um, so Yarrow is a great stopper of blood, right? So if there is a wound that's bleeding, that is not like an art, like, um, a surface wound, a minor wound, nothing that like an, a cut artery, right? That that's getting a little extreme and more of like a life death situation. But, um, I've used Yarrow to stop bleeding. So 
someone cuts their finger on a knife and uh, maybe cuts their the tip of their finger off or slices themselves pretty good. And regardless of pressure, regardless of running maybe a wound under water, it just still is bleeding. And, and that's where yarrow can come in handy. Uh, it's a really great uh, antiseptic, so it can help clean wounds out. And also it will stop the bleeding. So you can use it in a tincture form, which I really like, right? I have yarrow in a tincture. The alcohol by itself is, is cl cleansing as well, antiseptic. But um, you can just drop a drop or two onto the wound and yarrow will stop the bleeding within minutes. Uh, you can also use yarrow to pack wounds as a poultice. So you can take yarrow fresh or dry. You can shove it in your mouth, chew it on up. Our saliva is antibacterial. Make it kind of like a paste or like a, a poultice, a chewed up, <laughs> slobbery plant matter, spit it out put it on the wound and that'll stop bleeding as well. And um, those are some of the ways that I've used it, right? There's, especially in wound care, we see a lot of blood. We see a lot of open wounds. Um, we also see like infected stitches or, um, I, you know, in the wound care clinic in Oakland, there was a lot of um, IV use. So there was a lot of boils and abscesses and staff and uh, yarrow is just always kind of that, that support system. If you don't have anything else, yarrow will usually can usually do the trick. So it's always in my first aid kit. It's always like in my little pouch in my backpack or purse um, because it can really help with, with wounds and wound care. Uh, and you were saying that you really like it in a liniment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Favorite. One of my favorite liniments ever that in plantain. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause of that, what you were talking about that the alcohol itself has the antiseptic quality and yeah. it's so much easier just to drop the, the liquid tincture into a wound without having to like worry about all little plant bits and stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's like my preferred way. I have packed wounds. Right. And then keep it on for a handful of minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, however long you feel comfortable. And then when you rinse it out, sometimes there is plant matter in your wound, which isn't the worst thing in the world. A lot of times your body will just reject it, but I like to irrigate it out with like an irrigation syringe. So it just kind of has that other, that one extra step of um, getting that plant matter out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I've stuffed yarrow up someone's nostrils because of their, they were having this insane nosebleed and they were open. You know, we were pretty transparent of what we're about to do and just kind of talk to them really quickly. And, um, you know, this person was all for whatever could help. So we shoved Yaro up her nose and let her sit with her head back for a little while and the bleeding stopped. And then, you know, it's, you know, she had to like, um, take a tissue and like blow out the yarrow. So also kind of a cleaning step of like getting the yarrow out and getting a moist paper towel and kind of cleaning out her, her nostrils. But, you know, sometimes in a first aid setting, you got to do what works, you know, and if people are receptive and open to whatever works, we'll do it. And sometimes that's packing a wound with some yarrow that has been in your mouth and that's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Oh, totally. I work a lot with kids and um, I've just had different situations where someone's like scraped a knee or, you know, we've been outside like hiking or whatever. I'll be like, all right, like here's some yarrow. Like if you, you know, want to, to help stop this bleeding, what, you know, what we can do is we can chew it up and put it on your wound. And they're like, no, it's spit. (laughs) Okay. Well you can also do it. And then it'll be your spit. And that's sometimes a little easier when it's your own spit. (laughs) That is a great point. Yes. Like you could chew it up or you can ask someone else if they, you know, do they feel comfortable with you chewing it or do you want to chew it yourself? And um, so yeah, depending on the person and their you know, their comfortability, it can, it can look a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, what I love about that too, is just like this, like use what you got mentality and just the, you know, granted it's in like a respectful and like mindful way, not like obviously harvesting all they are and all the things, which um, I hope we get to talk about some of those like practices of um, being mindful of harvesting and like the implications of that kind of across different social positions but yeah like there at least where where we live like on the west coast there is a quite an abundance of yarrow in it and it grows without a ton of water it's not like super you know having to have a lot of water and and it's here and it's blooming in this time it's like just about to bloom on the coast where, where i'm at and um yeah, to me, that's like really in a similar spirit to a lot of this work of like, okay, like this is what we have, like this is what, you know, what we can do and like this works and like, you know, we can use it when when we need to. Yeah. Um, in that way. Um, I, think, I think that's why bioregional herbalism is is so cool and also a big interest of mine as well. Like what can we use that's, that are growing in our yards or where, what can we use that is growing in the park nearby? And there, there's a lot of layers to, to harvesting herbs. And, um, it could be a yearly long, like a year long conversation because it, it, you know, you can go so in depth, but you know, in general, it's, it's cool to see these plants grow in all different elevations, all different areas of the West coast, and you can really, you really only need to harvest a leaf or two to make a poultice, let's say. Let's say. So you're not hindering their seed production. You're not hindering their flowering um, to where they can still propagate themselves, right? And, you know, with these kind of weedy, abundant plants, it's, it's really cool to kind of see like how often um, they come up, right? Like Yarrow has so many actions and can be used for so many different things. And it's cool to see, yeah, it doesn't need a lot of water. It can, it does grow pretty abundantly. Um, that doesn't mean, of course, it's an invitation to go and harvest all of a Yarrow patch somewhere. Um, but you know, if someone is wanting to start forming a relationship with Yarrow, just taking a leaf or two, right? Just using a leaf and tasting it and smelling it and sitting with it um, can be a really great way to form a relationship without having to be excessive, you know? And I think our culture in this capitalistic society um, feeds off of excess, right? Wants us to feel like we need an abundance of things. And that mindset can kind of transfer over to herbalism. I think a lot of us have been um, 
you know, societally conditioned to think this way. And it's, it's a, you know, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of checking ourselves to, to zoom out of that mindset and look at this plant like yarrow and be like, how much do I actually need? How do I actually need to take anything of this plant? You know, do I need to, can I order it fresh from a farm? Um, can I grow it? Yarrow's really easy to grow. It can be grown in a pot. It can be grown on a little plot of soil in a backyard. But, um, you know, one way that we can not be so invasive to over harvesting is just a leaf or two, right? It can still propagate, it can still spread. And um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool plant and it's so aromatic and it's so sweet, right? The leaves are kind of feathery and like soft and bushy and the, the stalk is also really soft. And yeah, the, the flowers do kind of look like clouds. I never kind of put that together, but they do look very cloud-like. I love them. That's how I draw them. Like when I'm drawing, I'm like little fluffy cloud with a long oh stalk God. and a fluffy leaf. Like <laughs> it's so great. Bugs really love them. Every time I pass mm -hmm. some yarrow, there's always a bug on it or an insect or a bee. And mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're just really lovely to be around. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I love how you're saying like a really great way to learn about them is to be around them and to like yeah. grow them and like have them be in your space and yeah, I love that as a way of also, you know, getting some of that energetic medicine from the planet is to observe it in its in its happy place. And like as it's growing, you know, you can use a leaf or two, but like really just honoring it in its aliveness, I think can really be a great way to get some, especially of the like the spiritual energetic uh, learnings from the plant, which, um, yeah, I'd love to ask you more about, um, cause I know I lean on yarrow a lot, like the flower essence of yarrow when I'm doing like clinical work or work, um, like in the, the free clinic or just basically when I'm like working one-on-one -on -one with anyone. <laughs> mm. Um, but, um, yeah, for folks who maybe don't know this plant as like an, an energetic boundary supporter, um, would you describe some of kind of your experience with it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, another way that I was introduced to yarrow was also through the flower essence, right? And so this is almost a medicine that yarrow offers as an emotional or energetic support, right? So you're not consuming the plant per se, you are extracting the flower essence into water and consuming that. So you're actually not even having to take anything from a plant. Um, some people will like pluck some flowers and put it in water. I like to bend the plant um, into the water so I don't actually have to, to take anything from the plant, right? It can, it can keep doing its thing once I'm gone. And yeah, the flower essence was really powerful for me. And, you know, I was taking yarrow flower essence and I didn't, I wasn't really cognitive of like a shift per se until I was working, um, in Oakland with these pop-ups and I was not taking yarrow. And I mean, there's a lots of other plants that you can take for, um, kind of boundary medicine. Right. But, um, I wasn't taking anything and, realized after an interaction that I had on site 
I really was taking on a lot of these um, interactions that I was having and a lot of people's energies and um, emotional states. And, you know, I, when I was having these interactions, uh, one of my mentors who was also, um, we were doing this together, uh, there was three of us. Um, she was like, are you, are you taking boundary? Are you taking any boundary medicine girl? And I was like, uh, no, actually I'm not. <laughs> and, you know, and so she was like, yes, that clearly this is needing to, to happen because I was expressing to her, like, you know, this interaction that I had, it was really hard to just get it off my mind. And a lot of times when I do outreach, mutual aid, a pop-up work, um, I always shower afterwards. And, uh, for me, it's like a rinsing and energetic cleansing of, um, the energy that I hold in these spaces. And that wasn't helping. I was drinking teas. That wasn't helping. I was really kind of processing it mentally and was part of it was like a little bit of shock that I was going through of like, wow, this interaction I was not expecting. And it just kind of came up and, uh, and so that really solidified like why boundary medicine for me in these types of situations was so crucial. And so I started taking it, uh, taking Yara specifically the flower essence every single time I would do, um, pop-ups and things like that. And, it was the first time where I was like, oh, interesting. There is kind of this, this um, kind of bubble within my energetic field from Yarrow that's kind of helping me hold, hold these spaces a little better to where I didn't feel so impacted. And I think sometimes we feel, you know, we can do it. We can hang in there. Uh, it's easy to separate and sometimes it's not. And that's just like the humanness of it, right? And that's just the, the, the lay of the land sometimes of, of carrying this home with us. And uh, Yarrow has been a great teacher for that. And I do use it clinically, right, as well. Um, but to really feel that relationship within myself uh, was a game changer, was a game changer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I relate to that so much. And just, yeah, the differences between doing something with, you know, and using an essence to protect the, the boundaries, the energetic boundaries and yeah. versus not can be totally stark. <laughs> yeah. I, I was using, I was, when I was working at a, um, an herb shop, I like was having a lot of interactions with people every day and like really, you know, people were asking me questions about their health and I wanted to go deep with everyone. Cause I'm like, Oh, you're asking me a complicated question. I'd like to give you a, a real nuanced answer. So I ended up like giving a lot out, like more out than I was kind of getting back in. Yeah. And I would go home at the end of the day and just feel my solar plexus, like right on my sternum, feel like an empty hole. Mm. And like, just like really feeling like I was just leaking energy out of this hole in my chest. And I was like, well, that's not good. Well, I'm an herbalist. So let me go <laughs> look up like what might be good for this. And, and it was specifically like golden yarrow. Mm. Um, that's like associated with the the solar plexus and I started using it and it, I stopped having it was painful like physically painful and the pain went away as I started protecting myself and like 
I mean, I had to rest a fair amount, but also kind of like letting that energy center of my body kind of fill back up. I found that I could have these interactions and like, I also got better at discerning, like how much of my energy am I going to give away and what am I going to conserve at this point? And I've just found too, that that golden yarrow is good for like, for me in navigating, like how much of my energy am I going to give out to the world right now? And like, how much am I like, I'm still working on like creating more time for rest and like having, you know, recharging my batteries and all that stuff, but I'm becoming more aware of that in outflow and inflow. And I feel like the yarrow is really helping with that. Yeah. That's a great point that you, you know, that you just expressed of like, I, I felt similarly with, I was using just the traditional white yarrow that grows pretty wild. Uh, I shouldn't say traditional, but um, I just mean like the white yarrow that most people are familiar with. Um, it was, it was definitely a support in finding my boundaries, right? Like finding where my edges were, finding how far I wanted to kind of push my energetic bubble out or bring it closer in. Uh, and it was just a really cool experience and, you know, using, taking that knowledge now of my interactions and workings with, uh, yarrow flower essence or kind of the spirit dose of, uh, yarrow and taking that into just also other aspects of my life. So yes, pop-up work, mutual aid, disaster relief, and also, maybe relationships uh, with my family or relationships with a lover or friend um, or living communally and finding those kind of edges and boundaries of, of just kind of moving along in life. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty, pretty big support of, of learning boundaries and what boundaries mean to, to you as a person. And, uh, and they can be really special and also really helpful for just your emotional state, your physical state, your mental state, you know? And I think um, also growing up in kind of this capitalistic society, we are taught to just work, 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 be in the machine, keep going, keep going, you know, rest later. And I think there's a, there's a balance and boundary medicine like Yarrow can be really helpful in finding what works best for you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for putting it all together like that. I totally agree. And yeah, I see that boundary work as being really central to recovering our own sovereignty as beings, you know, who are recovering from capitalism, hopefully. Ah. <laughs> I like to imagine us as transitioning slowly and surely away from it. Cause I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, this is working. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like the, re the, re the recovering of the boundaries and like the discernment of those and being like, actually, like, I don't want to give all of my energy to this giant death machine or like, I don't want to like continually work until I like pass out and can't do anything else. Like, Definitely. Fig yeah. Figuring out like what's, what's yours and your sovereign being and like, what's, you know, what's outside and what's other, you know, other forces that may be making demands on your energy, but you get, you getting to say yes or no, or, you know, some other iteration of that, like yeah. that I think is really a beautiful seed of autonomy. Um, 100%. It brings the power back to you, right? Mm -hmm. You get to choose how you want to show up and interact with the world. And, and, you know, there's a balance, right? Sometimes we do need to need to 
you know, push ourselves a little harder to make a deadline or, or, you know, just sometimes life happens and it can be overwhelming at times, but, you know, plants have a really beautiful way of showing us that, you know, we are sovereign and we do have this responsibility to take care of ourselves and plants are a really beautiful reminder of that. Totally. And that all beings are sovereign beings and including the plants themselves. And how can we, how can we move through this world, um, honoring that and like honoring the consent of that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like that's for me really what comes through around Yarrow and also it's like generosity of its Mm. spirit of like, you know, here, here is this being that's so great at keeping in when he's be kept in and out what needs to be kept out bacteria whatever whatever and yeah. also like you know I keep thinking about just like the smell of yarrow mm-hmm. when I encounter it like especially out here kind of close to the coast like mm-hmm. on like Point Reyes-ish area when I encounter it and it's like so happy it's just like this like beautiful bright kind of like it's it's petals almost look like like these like lush kind of just like very just vibrant beings and I go and I smell that fragrance of that flower and just feeling this like wash of kind of this like fresh newness kind of come through my being and I'm I experienced like appreciating this flower in all of its like divine glory in its wholeness you know, as I pass by it. And then I have that same sensation when I come by another yar. I'm just like, oh, you're beautiful. You know, like, look at this amazing, beautiful being. And that's, yeah, remembering that, that divinity or that like, you know, aliveness and that wholeness, I think is really um, one of the, the great things that I get out of being in relationship with this plant. Yeah. 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 Cause they just are, you know, mm-hmm. they just, are what they are in a setting and an environment and and you know I feel like they're they're beings you know they're compassionate beings they're they're also just really loving and really accepting and forgiving and you know a lot of we can learn a lot from plants if we can just kind of get out of our our you know minds and just drop into our intuition drop into our bodies um and drop into kind of that present space where we can we can just be with yarrow or be with another plant and uh you know that's one of the ways they can they can support us just reminding to like breathe and like take a moment right smelling yarrow right seeing it and just taking a moment to just smell it, take a moment to just look at it, kind of dissect it with your eyes. Like what color is it? Are you, what shape is it? How are the leaves growing? How is the flower growing? Are there bugs around it? Does one maybe look not so abundant or so vibrant as the next? Why, you know, why is this plant growing really low to the ground and this one really high? And uh, they can, they can teach us a lot if we can just chill and and see them you know yeah totally yeah (sighs) yeah that's really reminding me of my like love for the plants and love for this kind of practice and the gratitude that I have of remembering those lessons when we when we can slow down enough to to remember them and yeah slowing down and being curious you know Mm -hmm. us as humans right like 
being curious of just plants, you know, and, and that's honestly the first time I ever took yarrow ever and had an experience. I was just curious. I was just kind of like geeking out on plants. I was up in the Sierra Nevadas. I was born and raised at sea level, right? So like zero went up <laughs> to like 4,500 feet, 5,000 feet. And you know, it takes a, a moment for me to acclimate and I was camping and I was starting to, you know, the air kind of gets thinner and drier as you go up. And this was in the summertime. This was like in June and I was in herb school and I was, I was, um, camping with my class and I started kind of getting this tension headache and kind of like feeling a little dizzy and just kind of like feeling it behind the eyes a little bit. And, and we're, you know, hike or not hiking, but we're just kind of like walking in nature. Right. And I look down and I see yarrow and I just see the leaves. I, I did, I confirm for my teacher that it was what I thought it was. And it was, and, you know, I'm just kind of feeling funky. And in that moment, I was like, I wonder if I just pluck a leaf or two and chew it up. And I wonder if that would help me at this point, like I'm down with anything, you know, give me anything. And um, so I did, I bent down and took, uh, plucked two leaves and chewed them up and just kind of sucked on them. And they were really bitter um, and just kind of packed it in my mouth on the side of my mouth and was just walking along, sucking, chewing, just kind of getting it all in my mouth. And literally within 15 minutes, my headache went away. Mm. And I was like, absolutely not. This did not just happen. Am I, am I feeling different things? Am I, is this really happening? And when it really came down to it, yeah, it was, you know, I was, it was so fast that it was just kind of like, whoa, Yarrow, like now I understand like why you are so many people's favorite plants, right? Like herbalists are always like, yarrow is my favorite plant or in my top five favorite plants. And, you know, just in that moment, you know, being in pain and wanting relief, but also just being curious, like what's the worst that could happen? You know, it's not a toxic plant. It won't kill me. So let me just see what happens. And it worked. And so you know, when I was in those, in those areas again, or kind of at that higher altitude, it, it's pretty common for me to have that happen. I would do it again, see if it would work. And it did do it again, see if it would work and it would work. And so I would <laughs> let other people know, Hey, like you're experiencing this, try to choose some yarrow and it would work for them. So it's like, you know, we can gather information from a book sometimes. Right. But also our personal experience and our personal intuition is knowledge in a way right and just being curious about it and also also reminding ourselves like our intuition our curiosity is something of importance you know and you know um sometimes our intuition can be stripped you know from a lot of different things don't ask questions don't you know think outside of the box we're just doing this thing inside of the box and just do it and keep doing it. And so, um, yeah, curiosity. I always want to keep that in mind as an herbalist, because I think sometimes we can think we know everything about a plant, right? Oh, I've used this plant a million times. 
in pop-up care or clinical care. And just when you think you know everything, you don't know anything at all. And just staying <laughs> humble in that regard, like being curious to just try, even if a book never indicates anything like that, or, you know, you've never heard of anything that, you know, this might help, uh, Yarrow might help with and just trying it because it could help. And plants are so intricate that it's like, we can't know everything. Right. Totally. Oh my God. I love that story so much. And you tell it so well. And I just, (laughs) I love this idea of, of honoring the curiosity and honoring the intuition and honoring that exploration for ourselves and our relationships yeah. to plants and and honoring that as valuable and important and sacred information that we can get from being in the physical relationship with the plants around us and and you're really reminding me of like why I like got interested in studying plants in the first place which is like what is literally around me right now and like what properties do these plants have and like sometimes you know the like ones that still the names that I don't remember but I see everywhere you know like these little tiny little peach peachy flowers or like the um the pineapple weed or you know the mm, things yeah that are, like, you know not in our our herb books that oftentimes come from this sort of like western colonial herbalism mindset of like here are these plants that that we know and like you know have this historical relationship with better for worse but like yeah like what you know especially in these times right of of pandemic times of fire times like what is literally around us and what can we discern from our lived experiences with these plants that are literally right outside our door or like literally you know in our in our range as humans and what can we find out about them you know, in a safer way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. This is not like, this is yeah. not a PSA to go pick whatever you want to eat. Don't put it in your mouth. No, try yeah. to make sure it's not poison. <laughs> right. Right. And make sure, you know, there's not any contraindications and, and, but you're right. Like, I think that's why kitchen herbalism or kitchen medicine, herbal medicine can be such a great introduction for people because we're surrounded by herbs and we, we use herbs all the time, but sometimes we just look at it like, oh, we're just seasoning our meat or our potatoes with rose or thyme or turmeric or, you know, whatever. And, and we just look at it like a spice. It's just going to add flavor. But when you dig a little deeper, there's so much, there's so much medicine in it and you can use vinegar. You can make fire cider, all these things that you can buy at a grocery store. You don't have to go to a fancy herb shop. You know, you can find things in your backyard that are you know, quote unquote weeds that are really, really medicinal and really resilient and um, accessible. Like kitchen herbalism is accessible. It is people's medicine. It is the people's medicine, you know, and, and remembering that, you know, and just kind of like, you know, kind of also like weaving back the thread of intuition, like, it is also acquired. Sometimes it takes practice, you know, and I don't want it to kind of come off as like, it's easy because it's not, you know, it is hard to quiet the mind. Sometimes it is hard to stay present. It is hard to, you know, to take a moment to sit and 
it's always a practice and I'm really good at it sometimes. And I'm really crappy at it sometimes. And that's <laughs> also what being human <laughs> is, you know, it's like, we're not, we're not perfect creatures. And honestly, it's probably boring to be perfect at this point, you know, like it's, it's good to feel human and experience humanness. And, um, yeah, just curiosity, just start implementing little things and learning things. And that can flourish, you know, however deep you want to go with something, you know, it doesn't have to be a career or something that you are, are, are doing daily, but even just being able to have the power to be like, Hey, my, I'm feeling a little nauseous or a little gassy. Oh, great. I have some ginger on hand or, Hey, I have some, some mint peppermint on hand, you know? And exploring, that's another way to explore as well. Totally. Yeah. That's my dream too, that that more folks everywhere will have this empowerment and this awareness of of the support that's that's right there for them. Yeah. And I love what you're saying too, that sometimes it is acquired and it, it can be a journey and like a skill set to develop. And I really honor when that can happen in, in community. Um, mm. And I'm really inspired by... Yeah, a lot of the work of some like different, you know, collectives of herbalists or different communities, especially of indigenous teachers that are offering what they're able to offer in terms of how to be in, in right relationship with the land and the plants and all the beings. And um, yeah, that's, that's honestly like that, like that community reweaving and that learning, like that's what's giving me hope for the future. You know, as we learn about like, you know, how you were describing in your work of like, all right, like we learn trial and error, we show up where we're needed. And like, we learn from that. And like, you know, we learn from the plants that are here. And like, we leave all of that learning together through community, we can create something really beautiful and vibrant and honoring of, of all life. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, we remember that and, and learn that for, and can hopefully pass that on to whatever generations are are coming next because right. we're gonna need it <laughs> right. yeah I mean you know herbalism is essentially healthcare, right mm -hmm. to a certain aspect and um as time goes on healthcare is starting to become really hard to access for a lot of people yeah and uh, you know it's jarring to see and also there is kind of this avenue for us as herbalists or people who are interested in herbs to, to start kind of thinking about preventative medicine, start thinking about ways to take care of ourselves so we don't have to always rely on modern medicine. I'm, I'm not one as, as anti-modern medicine, right? Because it, it does hold a place in our society, right? If you if you break your arm, don't come to me, like go get it, like put back in place. And you know, although I would love to learn how to set phones. That would be <laughs> right, so cool. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, there, there are certain, you know, areas of modern medicine that are really beneficial and totally, um, I can, you know, as an, a clinical herbalist, I can support as that's happening and also the aftermath, but I can also support someone in preventative care. So they don't have to go to this, their body doesn't have to figure out this extreme where they can, they can support their body over time. So they don't get there. And yeah, there's a lot of different, different aspects to that. And, um, 
you know, learning kitchen herbalism, learning about your weeds is a great place to start, you know? Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for that. That's so powerful. And it's reminding me of, of this moment that I had yesterday, actually, um, where I was talking to a really good friend of mine who's working with Crohn's Mm. and, um, they just, they just had this really profoundly helpful pharmaceutical that they've been using, um, become uncovered by their insurance and not just their insurance, but like it's becoming uncovered, like by almost all of the insurance companies as like, that's like a move from the pharmaceutical company to make more money. Mm. And so now they're in this position of like having this flare and like, I'm on the phone with them being like, I love you. Like, let's try to figure out what we can do in the meantime, you know, because you can't afford this medication anymore. And so, you know, we're, I'm going through my books, we're talking about it, we're looking it up and I'm and it's like, you know, I'm like, well, you could do this or this or this. And, and finally they were just like, okay, let me just see what I have in my cabinet. Mm-hmm. And like, let me just go look around and lo and behold, they pulled out some yarrow mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, this is what we got right now. It's cooling. Yeah. Great for like, you know, working with the symptoms of the prednisone, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of bringing down some of that heat and like, it's a bitter, it's going to be a nice hepatic, you know, for like kind of helping your system kind of release what it needs to release. It's a wound healer. So it yeah. may help like heal some of that like gut lining that's happening yeah. you know and so I'm like all right one two three that's like three points let's try some tea and so you know it was just you know the first day but but they did make that tea for themselves and I was just like yarrow yeah right <laughs> yarrow coming in again you know yeah because again it's what we got and like yeah. you know and that's I think about that a lot, you know, as we move forward in time and just, you know, what, what the future is going to look like. I don't know, but like feeling really grateful for these relationships and this pathway forward of learning, learning, you know, more relationship with plants, learning more relationship with the people who've traditionally grown them and cultivated and cared for them and like coming into a more, yeah, a more like beneficial alive relationship so that all beings can thrive. Like that's, that's what I see. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, your practice and Mm. some of the ways that you're supporting folks these days. Um, Yeah, what's going on with with Wildkin Botanicals? Yeah. um, Wildkin Botanicals. Yeah, that is my... um, business that I do on the side, right? I, I feel like as an herbalist, I wear a few different hats, right? So a lot of this pop-up work is all volunteer based essentially, right? Um, we're not making income off of this. Um, and so on the flip side, uh, I offer, you know, to support myself, uh, I offer one-on-one consultations, herbal consultations for people. So if people are looking to see an herbalist or get kind of, you know, interested in herbs and really don't know where to start, um, I have a background in clinical herbalism. So I'm looking at your constitution. I'm looking at energetics of a plan. I'm looking at your energetics. Um, You know, do you run hot, cold? Do you run wet, dry? Do you, and what herbs are going to support you in that. And so I formulate, I can offer, um, herbal medicines through that. I also teach. So, um, 
Right now I am teaching for Berkeley Herbal Center. I'm their medicine maker, but I also teach through Wildkin uh, workshops, right? So more one-off workshops or, or three-part series, four-part series. So if people are wanting to dive in um, to education, I do that also through my website and I offer some eBooks. One of them actually is on kitchen herbalism. It's a, a free download if anyone's interested. Uh, to kind of open up the medicine cabinet and kind of find the, the curiosities and, and herbs that are brought in. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I, I love having this small practice for, um, I started in the Bay Area and I was seeing people in person and um, moved up here. And, and right now I'm seeing people over Zoom because of COVID, uh, you know, maybe that will change. And maybe I can have somewhere where I could see people, um, you know, in person. But yeah, if people are interested in seeking out an herbalist or getting curious about herbs, I'm I'm available. You can find me at wildkinbotanicals.com or um, I also have Instagram at underscore wildkin. And I'd be happy to just converse with you. Even if there's any questions, feel free to email me. I'm always available. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for letting folks know how to get in touch with you. I think anyone would be really lucky to work with you. Dana is such a great like space holder and so knowledgeable. So um, yeah, thanks, that folks stick available for use that option if they'd like. And um, yeah, how can folks support your work with KSHA? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, Right now we're focusing on making medicine and acquiring the supplies for doing pop-ups. So that's like paper cups, that is um, getting things printed, like uh, getting pamphlets printed, um, herbs to make herbal teas, uh, glycerin, oils to make salves, et cetera, et cetera. We do have a website. It's K, oh gosh, K, (laughs) <laughs> K-H for, or excuse me, K-S for Klamath Sisiku, and then Herbal Alliance all spelled out. So K-S Herbal Alliance, um, dot com dot weebly.com. It's a weebly um, free. We'll put it in the show notes. Website. Great, great. <laughs> so we do have a website and um, you can donate there. Right now our line is down. We're just... Um, fixing some things, but we will have our call line back up. Uh, And yeah, if anyone wants to collaborate, if anyone wants to donate items, we have a list of uh, physical items that we're looking for. And then if people want to donate money, they, uh, there's a donation section of our website that you can donate. We have an email. If, if also people are interested or um, have questions or want to collab, feel free. You're more than welcome to email us at KS, KS, herbal alliance at gmail.com awesome thank you for that yeah i just want to thank you so much for for being here and sharing this space today i really yeah i really am so in awe and like really inspired by the work that you've done and that you are doing and um the way that you hold that with like such like aliveness and curiosity um and like passion and all of the renegade spirit that runs through it all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, I really want to thank you for 
for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to come chat with you. And you're right. You know, we met in 2017 working together. And since then, you know, things have flourished. And it's also really cool to see what you've been doing and kind of how you, um, yeah, just like your progression from the Oregon Eclipse pop up and what you're doing now. And thank you for holding the space and just always having these conversations that, you know, there's so much nuance to, to life um, and bringing that nuance to herbalism and uh, creating platform to have these kind of long form discussions. And I really appreciate you as well and your work and thanks for having me. Thank you. That's it for our interview today with clinical herbalist Dana Aronson. And yeah, I really want to extend a big thank you to her and also to all the collections of clinics that have uh, we've worked with and impacted our work. MASH, the community, nope, curbside care clinic and um, Bay Heart and the Klamath Siskiyou Herbal Alliance, all these folks are doing lots of work and figuring out, you know, different ways and iterations of working together. And um, I'm inspired by all of that learning and trial and error. So thank you to everyone who's, who's putting collective knowledge to use. And um, yeah, speaking of collectivity, just really want to extend another big thank you to all of my patrons that make this work possible. We just did a membership drive in the last two weeks of May and wow, I learned a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, we welcomed around like nine new folks into the um, self heal herbs, uh, herbal and magical learning community, which is awesome. And we are at now. 430 or so dollars a month, which is awesome um, and a great support for this podcast and for the free clinic work that I do and the classes and all the educational materials that I create. So um, yeah, that was really amazing to to see and be a part of and, and help shepherd into being. And um, yeah, if you are a listener of this podcast and you're inspired to support this work and um, the other work that I do, I encourage you to check us out on Patreon. You can find me by searching for Samwise Raritan Community Herbalist. And um, yeah, I encourage you to join us. We've got lots of classes and community offerings on there and lots of, um, yeah, learning opportunities and in videos and such to plug into around learning about herbs and learning about, uh, yeah, different ways to feel connected in this time, in this world. So um, just want to thank folks by uh, their beautiful names and say thank you to Liz, Dominique, Morgan, Nat, Sarah, Sari, Jamie, Randa, Amy, Sarah, Lo, Lainey, Mega, Paris, Itech, Kathleen, Marguerite, Tatiana, Heather, Jax, Melissa, Serafina, M, Sonura, Anna, Natalia, Anna, Deborah, SM, Monica, Karen, Gloria, Adrian, Gaia, Bonnie Rose, Brittany, Seed, and Susan. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting my work and my livelihood and 
And yeah, these community offerings to getting out to the people, which as this episode, I think really, really touched on a lot that herbalism is the people's medicine. And so the more that we can get this knowledge and wisdom into the hands of more folks, uh, the better for all of us. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time uh, here on the Herb at the End of the World. You've been listening to The Herb at the End of the World, a podcast created by me, Samwise Raritan, community herbalist, teacher, and organizer of the Self-Heal Herbs Mobile Free Clinic. All my offerings are freely offered and community supported. It's important to me that all my work in the free clinic and all the content I create through the podcast will always be offered without a cost barrier. If you feel nourished and inspired by these projects and want to support more people getting connected to healing and learning, please consider being a supporter on Patreon by searching for Samwise Raritan Community Herbalist. Any level you can give at is immensely appreciated as it supports me in being able to live my most joyous and authentic gift to this world. I am so grateful and so in awe of the patrons who are prioritizing imagining a new and vibrant way to care for each other in this life. If you can't give money energy in this wild time, totally understand. (laughs) And another big way you can help out the podcast is to give us a five-star rating review uh, on Apple Podcasts or other places you download your audio. That makes a really big difference in letting more people know about these projects. Thanks for listening and being a part of creating revolutionary dialogue in your own circles. I wish you joy and healing in your journeys. And until next time.